When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Wrap Up Live. This is the official Raptors Republic live post-game show and podcast where we recap and we have some fun talking about the latest Raptors game. Tonight, the latest Raptors game that just finished was the second game for Toronto in Miami, which is pretty weird. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I thought leading up to this game that this game was in Toronto for some reason because I wasn't expecting two Miami games in three days. But sure, I mean, we'll take it. Uh, I'm your host, Sahal Abdi. I'm here with my two other guys, and hopefully we'll get Aiden Moss on later tonight, Oren Weisfeld and Kyle Brickman. Uh, the producer of the show, as always, is Keon Haddad. And guys, Toronto Raptors defeat the Miami Heat 98-90. This was a good defensive game. I told uh, Oren and Kyle and the guys that I'm not a big fan of Miami Heat games because um, they kind of turn out like this, where they're just grinded out extremely defensive games. Um, and Bam Adebayo, for some reason, just continues to get superstar calls, which I just don't understand until the referees realize it's playoff time, and then they stop giving him those calls. Um, yeah, these Toronto Raptors are 2-2 two and two, uh, in the new NBA season. Oren, Kyle, what did you guys see in this game? Did you guys like the end there where the Raptors took control in the fourth quarter? Um, what's the first thing you guys want to bring up from this game? Oren, I'll start with you. Yeah, I mean, we can get to the end and how they close it out. But I think general impression for me was like, I was just curious how the Raptors would come out after what happened a couple nights ago, which was, you know, it, Precious said at postgame, like they got bullied, right? Welcome to the show, Aiden. Nice to, nice to have the whole gang back. It's actually really yeah, yeah, nice yeah, to have yeah. the whole gang back. Let's just really acknowledge is. that. The boys are back. Yeah. The first show we've all been together. This is nice. Um, but yeah, I guess I'm just saying like, I was curious to see th- how they would start this game after being bullied, just being the less physical team a couple nights ago, being the team that did not control the game a couple nights ago. And I was just really impressed in that regard where the Raptors came in with a clear focus and a defensive intensity that they carried throughout the like entire 48 minutes defensively, I would say. And we can talk about the end and, and some of the offense that, was just enough to get it there, but definitely a defensive win and just like an impressive character win from a team that, like I said, got bullied a couple of nights ago and, and bounced back nicely. Yeah, it's fitting that Precious is the one that mentioned like getting bullied because he was the he was the bully tonight. Twenty two boards yeah. is kind of absurd. He had what ten boards in nine minutes or something. Ten boards in his first ten minutes. It was ridiculous. I thought the that Matt Devlin had misspoke when he said that Precious had like five and ten. I thought he was like I thought he meant ten minutes played or something. But he was all over the glass in in a ridiculous way. And um, and it if you look down the box score and just in general, like the Raptors shot thirty nine point five percent from the field tonight. You need guys who are going to generate extra possessions if your offense is going to be that bad. It was a brutal offensive night. It was, a, frankly, a kind of an ugly game. And I mean that in a, like a, a loving way, but this is a really ugly game. And uh, you need guys who are going to generate extra shots if you're shooting 40% from the field. Aiden, 
Um, you came a little bit late, but coming from the guy who told us pregame that he loves watching Miami uh, Raptors games, right? Miami Heat, Toronto Raptors games. What did you think about the way that game ended uh, or just any general takeaways you had from the game? Yeah, I'm showing my age by enjoying <laughs> the like gruesome, methodical. I, I think it's, it's not that I enjoy them. It's just like it's nice to see something different than the run and gun 130 to 120 point games. And these guys play both sides, play extremely aggressive defense and physical defense. And I like Toronto kind of like is like they have separate different identities and some and I think it's part of their youth. But sometimes they don't lock in defensively. And I thought at times that they definitely did not. There was a lot of lapses throughout the game, sometimes late in the fourth quarter where guys are just getting straight to the hole. Like Duncan Robinson's getting straight to the hole. Hero is doing whatever the hell he wants. But when they are locked in and they are that defensive identity that we know this team can be, and they go up against a team like Miami that's almost always like that, it's just fun to watch two like hardworking, bust your asses teams uh, mash in like a war of attrition. So, yeah, um, I enjoyed that. Was it fun? Aiden, I, Aiden, I had fun. I had fun, but I want to ask you, Aiden, like, do you think that is you? Like, don't you just think that's a consequence of the bench? Because for me, the starters have pretty consistently been good, uh, the bench, not so much. And so me, whenever the defense fell apart, it's been like, oh, there's three bench players here. Delano's making mistakes, uh, you know, whatever. I've been yeah. okay with the starters. I mean, I think like Coloco struggled this game. Yeah, um, he's a bench guy. Like, let me, he's a bench guy. Know. So yeah. I mean, and, and but but it's not even. It's also like I don't. I you're probably yes, you're right. Although I do recall like even you know, Gary or OG making the odds slip up. But, but in the fourth quarter, for the most part, they tamp down. But I think, you know, you have a guy like Coloco, and it just it Fs everything else up. And it might not even necessarily be somebody else's fault, but because of, like, Coloco's misread or whatever else, that um, it just seemed like at times there, there was miscues or, like, they weren't ready, they weren't set when Hero was just kind of having his way early, things like that. So I get frustrated with that because, I, like, we saw – for the final six, seven minutes of that fourth quarter, like if these guys are locked in full on, it's very, and then they get a couple of steals. Like they're so deadly in transition off steals. Um, They really excel. But yeah, Yeah, um, Yeah. I thought Flynn played great defense too. I I, want to shout out Flynn. Like I thought he showed up, had a, had a nice three and played some good D on Gabe Vincent. (laughs) Yeah, the name of the game in this one was um, defense. Uh, I think for both teams, neither team shot over 40%. This is like your classic Raptors heat game. Uh, I don't know how the the heat shot 34.9%, 8 for 34 from 3. I feel like this is going to be um, a little bit of a theme for them this season, trying to um, create, I guess, especially in the half court. They just look confused. Um, a lot of guys like Max Struess gave Vincent um, – didn't give them, you know, the shots they needed. Bam Adebayo at one point was just fishing for fouls left and right. Kyle Lowry, unfortunately enough for the Heat, 36 minutes played, and it hurts me to say this a lot, guys. One for eight, um, seven points, few rebounds. I think he was hungover. Someone said Drake yeah. had his birthday in Miami last night, so I think Kyle was hungover, yeah. which is yeah. good for us. Yeah. Which is good, which is great. Um, 
And that's an allegation that Oren's going to stick to and myself, Kyle, and Aiden are going to step back from. No, I'm joking. Um, yeah, I mean, Tyler Harrow was 8 for 18. He was probably the best uh, player for Miami in this game beside Jimmy Butler. Um, somehow, some way, Tyler Harrow grabbed 15 rebounds in this. I don't know if that's more of an indictment on the Miami Heat or um, I guess the fact that they just, you know, besides Bam Adebayo, they don't really have, um, you know, dominant front court players. I mean, Bam Adebayo can give you that 10 or so rebounds a night, but he was four for 14, right? So um, he didn't give the, the Miami Heat what they needed as well. Miami just looks like a team that's struggling a lot. So Toronto was coming into this game, a day's rest. They lost on the, uh, the second half uh, or the second game of the back-to-back in the last one, which kind of just felt like, I mean, I felt like I was kind of expecting it. I feel like Miami is one of the worst teams to face on the second game of a back-to-back. Um, they walked into Miami. They just looked tired, exhausted, flat shots um, a couple days ago. And now they came into this game. They look rejuvenated. Um, guys, can we talk about one player and one player specifically? Um, Precious Achua, guys. He had some key minutes in this game. He played 34 minutes. Chris Boucher, only 12 because he was in foul trouble the majority of the game. Oren said uh, just before he started, he was shocked. Very questionable. Yeah, he was shocked that, that Chris didn't get back in the game. Precious looked good, though, guys. And I didn't realize it until I looked at the box score. He had 22 rebounds in this game. Um, I don't know if you guys saw that either, but 10 points, 22 rebounds, and he was a plus 10 in this game. Um, Aiden, did you like what you saw from, from Precious in this one? Sure. Yeah. I mean, he, he, I think we're at the stage of a player's career like Precious where it's just going to be like salt and vinegar, you know, like some days it's going to be like, like refined. And I don't know, I'm going to go with this analogy, but like, you know, he, he t- has elite moves Tangy. to the rack. What? Tangy. Oh, yeah, and then the vinegar is just going to be, you know, like rancid. Like, what are you doing? And oh, we yeah. saw that we've seen that in the first couple of games. He's not had his best foot forward. I like it's kind of like Boucher last year. Like, I like that Precious was had a mindset tonight of like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna rebound. I'm just gonna be the dog out there. Obviously, he has a thing against Bam. I would too. Um, I Bam starting to really rub me the wrong way. as kind of like a petulant player. And like, and it really it kind of stood out tonight to me. And Precious like always plays hard against him and proved himself to be like uh, as good, if not better, in this particular showing. Um, so yeah, it was it, it was impressive. And and I, my whole point was going to be I like that like Boucher last year. Precious like I'm going back to the basics. I'm going back to what I'm. I know I can immediately help this team with it, and that's just like shaking things up, hitting the rim, hitting the boards hard. Yeah, for or, me, the guy that's starting to piss me off is Tyler Hero. Oh, yeah. Oh, that happened last game for me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. And today, happened like three he, years like, ago. Man. He talks way too much shit for being the fourth best player on a team. That's that's all I have to say about Tyler Hero. But no, I'll talk about Precious. Like, um, it was the most a Raptor has ever, or the most a Raptor has ever rebounded off the bench, 22 rebounds. And I think it was like the fifth highest rebounding game in Raptors history including like starters so he like he's always kind of had that rebounding in his game i think he's just kind of never played starter minutes and played the five exclusively to where he could really show that and also like he just won't box out sometimes so it's on him too but you could like there were glimpses of of this i think and now that he's shown it like you know i think the raptors coaches are going to ask him to do it more consistently which 
would really help a Raptors team that struggles on the defensive boards. But it's really nice to see. And like the rebounding is only one small part of the puzzle. I think the last two games for Precious were maybe the two best back-to-back games of like his career. Like, I really think he's been amazing. It, it should be worth mentioning. I don't want to detract from Precious's uh, performance. It's worth mentioning, like, uh, both teams are shooting like you know, forty sub forty five sub forty percent from the field. A lot of rebounds to go around. A lot of free rebounds floating around out there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I did think it is worth mentioning the Heat shot twenty three and a half percent from three. Like maybe it's just is this a good Raptors performance or the Heat just like kind of unlucky? It's just a, I think it was right? a very good Raptors performance. And the Raptors, a lot stopped. of those, I think a lot of those threes were pretty contested. Like, yeah. I think the Raptors played really good defense tonight. Even and some think... of those threes they hit were contested. But the Raptors shooting 44% from three is definitely a variance. So, like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I yeah. Mean, this maybe is, the this two is combined. just run bad. Typical, yeah. typical heat run bad. Yeah. And the Raptors did win this game by nine points, eight points, sorry. And the Heat shot 27 free throws. They were 24 for 27, almost 90% from the line. So, this could have got a lot worse for the Heat for, you know, at least, at least when you look at the, the the box score and you look at, you know, like Kyle mentioned, 23.5% from beyond the arc, 35% from the field. The Heat, I got to give them credit, though. You know, in the at halftime, at least, the Raptors were forcing tons of turnovers. The Heat were getting crushed on the glass. The Raptors were limiting um, the Heat from getting second chances and generating uh, were generating their own in the first half. They led 7-2 to two in offensive rebounds, team offensive rebounds at halftime. Um, and then the, the Heat kind of just closed that gap. I mean, if you're looking at it now, the box score, you know, the Raptors lead 52 to 46 in total rebounds. Offensive rebounds is really close, 10 to 8. Um, even, you know, turnovers, points off turnovers. The big gap you see is fast break points between the two teams. And that just proves, I think, for me that, you know, the Raptors off these turnovers were in transition. And a lot of times when the Heat were forcing these turnovers, they were okay with just bringing up the ball slowly, kind of getting into their half-court sets, letting the Raptors set up. And uh, the Raptors are probably a team, at least defensively, that you don't want to do that to. You're trying to get them you know, out of sorts defensively. You don't want them to set up in the half-court because we saw at times guys like OG Ananobi, what they were doing to Bam Adebayo. Again, Bam Adebayo, 4 for 14. Um, you know, A lot of Bam's points were him just trudging to the rim. Um getting those free throws or, you know, a lot of tough shots. The one he hit over Chris Boucher when Chris Boucher went straight up with two hands, I believe in the third quarter, um, tough shot. Like a lot of tough shots were being made by Miami. This could have gone way, I think way worse. I think for the Miami heat, um, considering everything, uh, only 19 assists as a team in the game from Miami. Um, this wasn't a great game. This wasn't a great game for Miami. I mean, their broadcaster said it themselves. This is probably going to be one of the worst. Uh, this is the worst game of the season. And, so far for them but this is probably going to be one of the worst when they look back at it um just overall in terms of shot making defense everything so what do you mean the um, the broadcaster said it you weren't listening to alvin and matt oh no i go back and forth you guys know me by now i'm I'm going back and forth all the time i love listening to away broadcast like i just love hearing their perspective on things and plus the guys they mentioned which was so cool for i guess uh orin and obviously aiden and kyle and all of us um, that are part of the Raptors community, listening to the story behind Amy Ottobert, who got yeah, hired by, by the Miami Heat. That was yeah. that was amazing, right? And they mentioned yeah, well deserved for Amy, man. Sports, yeah, they had a whole segment for her. not not giving her crazy a, a bigger job, in my opinion, because 
She's really good at what she does. Uh, and she's, she's, she's from in Florida anyway. She went to school in South Florida, right? She, she, yeah, she's from Miami. Niagara, but she went to school in yeah. Miami. So good for her. She's kind of that's kind of like a home for her. Happy I know, Warren, you want you want to talk about the end of the game, but uh, I quickly wanted to say also with defense, Toronto's transition defense has been really bad this year. I feel like, yeah, I don't have data on it, but it's just especially in the Nets game. I remember and this game, it's just like over and over, and I don't know if it's a consequence of long rebounds or what, but that's something that it's also starters are guilty of and something to keep an eye on. There's certainly that they can clean up too. Yeah, it might There's, be a case of – go ahead. I was. You might be saying the same thing. I think it's a case of like glass crashing. It seems like a lot of times yeah. there's just so many people trying to offensive rebound. There was one possession tonight where uh, there were like five guys below the free throw line and a long rebound bounced to Jimmy Butler just like he was within like 30 feet. Well, that one Jimmy didn't even go back on. Yeah, yeah. Just like lingered yeah. on center. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say the same thing and just like it might be also a case of teams figuring out the Raptors a bit more because last season they somehow had like as the second highest offensive rebounding rate and the best defensive transition Mm. defense and like usually that those two things don't correlate and maybe this season that just hasn't been able to to happen because teams have made a little bit more of an effort to get out in transition against them. Which I think, yeah, I, I really think if you look at the last four games, like that has been a part of every team's game plan. And the Heat kind of do it anyway with these like throw ahead passes that Kyle yeah. and Jimmy love. Yeah. Um, but I tweeted about like Gary Trent Jr., who I don't know if this is my segue, if we could pull up the, the clip, uh, Keon, about Gary Trent Jr. kind of missing Tyler Hero assignment in transition D actually at the end of the game. Because Gary twice shot a three from above the arc, held it like he was Kobe for a long time, and then didn't get back in transition. And then there was a dunk twice. And it's like, yes, the other guard also sh- should get back. Whoever whoever is at the top of the key should also get back. But if you're Gary, you don't need to hold it that long, especially if you're going to miss. Like, you need to get back and mark up your guy in transition. And then this could have killed the Raptors, this shot right here, where Gary just doesn't match up in transition. Like, Pascal is telling him from here, take him. He doesn't take him. Yeah. And it's a three for, it's a pretty open three. We can play it again, please. It's a pretty open three for Hero. So, like, it's simple things like that. Uh, I have not liked Gary Trent Jr.'s defense to start the season at all. And I think he's a big part of those transition problems. He was also getting just obliterated on back cuts and off ball stuff tonight. Like, Hero had his, his, uh, had Gary lost, uh, completely roasted him on some off-ball stuff, like looking uh, embarrassingly bad. And uh, yeah, this is the guy last year took a big step forward defensively and was praised by us, by his coach, by his teammates. And yeah, not looking good. He's reminding me too much of Norman Powell on the defensive end. <laughs> but the, the, the difference is Normie didn't lack the will he just lacked the like awareness i feel like like it just wasn't in his nature to really lock in defensively gary does gary does lock in and then he just kind of rigs about for a while that's true that's fair he, he's for sure locked in i don't have a problem with that it's the it's the mental lapses I think he's he will eventually beat the Norm Powell allegations, but until then, like we we we, we have a right to be. Hope, it's hope been a bad right, year. Right. I also wanted to talk about the Siakam uh, bucket, which I'll pull up to to close out the game. Um, just because like there's been a whole lot of talk about like 
Yeah, Siakam's good, but he's is he a good number one option? That's a that's a killer shot. I know this I, is I, a I crazy shot, that, that guys. He played shot. the whole fourth quarter, which I, I, we should talk about this. Like we should talk about the minutes thing. Um, but this guy played the whole fourth quarter. Twelve minutes in, he's hitting this shot. After you know, he's a two way player. He does a lot on defense in terms of the court coverage. Um, yeah, this is some superstar shit. He and he missed the one before, and I, I I already have the feeling going back to this shot where in my mind I'm like, for for all of the haters out there, please hit this shot. Like I don't <laughs> want to have to start defending about clutch Pascal again, and like, and at the same time I kind of had the feeling that it was going in, which is also to me an indicator of where Pascal's at this year. Like he didn't have the best game, but I still felt very strong and confident with the ball in his hands. And that's something that, like, up until, you know, like, part of last year, that wasn't the case. Yeah. Uh, I watched Pascal in this game. and not having any of it. Yeah, I guess, whatever. I I mean, I watched Pascal in this game, and I I think I'm starting to come to more of a conclusion that um, the Raptors might have a superstar. Um, I didn't even realize, Oren, that he played the entire fourth quarter. Um when you watch Pascal well, offensively he and defensively, <laughs> yeah, he shouldn't have. Um, but when you watch him offensively and defensively, he is elite on both ends. And you don't see that from – I don't know if you see that from, from 12, 15 players in the league. I don't know where that places Pascal among the league's best. But um, this is a guy that, you know, in terms of teams that really rely on uh, one player, um, Pascal's that – guy i think for toronto that doesn't doesn't mean that you know you can't rely on an og and you can't rely on a gary trent or a fred but i think pascal's become that guy he's taken that next leap um in terms of his ability where when the raptors need a bucket it goes to pascal there's there's no more oh let's give it to fred because he's hot or let's give it to gary or this guy pascal's usually that guy that when they need a bucket whether it's the end of the third or beginning of the second quarter, whatever it is, you know, the heater on a run, 8-0 run or whatever it is in the second quarter, they need a bucket, they're going to Pascal. And I think this is one of the best developments the Raptors could have from this season is that they may have a bona fide all-NBA player and there's no questions asked about it, like at all. Um, Yeah, this is all that matters this season for me. Yeah. Freddie, welcome to the show. Shout out Raptors Republic. Um, (laughs) Wow. Wow, that's a commitment. It's true. You could be on here. It, it's on true. Anything. Like, guys, think back. Every All four games, who's been the best player on both sides of the floor? Yeah. Like, Siakam's been the best player in all four games. Yeah. yeah. Against KD, against, you know, Jimmy, you can go on the list. So, and, that's all that matters this season like, so far. I was watching the game with my friends, and I was telling them, I was like, Name this offseason. <laughs> <Yeah>. What? <laughs> Name them. I'm joking. No names. You named your man. I was telling my friend Schmoner. Um, <laughs> no, but we, you know, we we were learning more about Pascal at the training camp, and they just talked about his work ethic. So for like people who aren't aware, like Pascal works his tail off to get to where he's at. So like to even if those doubt that this isn't real or it's unsustainable, like it's possible this isn't even his height yet because he works so yeah. darn hard. And now it's not just the scoring, it's the dis- distribution as well. Like he's making the right passes early and sometimes he's making the right pass, even though it's simple. And I think that's, that's kind of like a growth in the game. Sometimes 
you pass when it's the last minute or like last resort. And I think Pascal looks way more comfortable being ball dominant and making the right choice at the right time. They, it was not a good night from the field and that needs to be acknowledged, but there was nothing they could get going on offense, especially in the fourth quarter. He's the only hope they ever had. And uh, a, a lot of it is not even like putting up shots or even like creating uh, an assist or a shot like through um, a, a dribble drive or whatever. It's it's mostly just him receiving the ball on one side of the floor and collapsing like the entire defense towards him. They're pre-rotating like crazy. And then you get the swing-swing stuff that opens everything up. I mean, he's the only person on the Raptors at least tonight, who who was able to draw help from the Heat at all? Every other Heat, every other Raptors player, of the Heat were basically content with uh, going straight up against, and and to varying degrees of success. But Pascal is the only guy who actually like can manipulate a defense purely on on the catch, not on the dribble, not on the not coming off the screen, like on the catch, which is important. Yeah, and it, and you see, Freddie doesn't, and like there was a no. couple of times tonight that again is like like old usage freddie where he's just kind of dribbling around and doing circuits in the court and like and just head down and it's just like it's just so not i know he can do it and there's times where he should but when he but he's so persistent it's like dude just give up the ball you you didn't work this time let's do something else yeah some of those fred possessions look like when you you see the clips of basketball in the 1950s before there was a half court line the shot clock and there was like a possession you had to keep possession like yeah, dribbles around right. in circles yeah, in your yeah, own yeah. half like some of those fred <laughs> possessions look like he's and looking I, like bob Cousy. and i think like before like not to get overjoyous about the w but i think it is real like Kyle it's, you hit it they had you hit it on the head there is that like there's one dude that manipulates offense so to speak sometimes it's gary in the midcourt when he's feeling it but and and Freddie when he spreads the court out when he's hitting his three, but that's it. And like that's really concerning, especially with Scotty being out for a little while. Yeah. I had in my notes that like when Fred dominates the game like this, which part of it was welcome. Like I have to say, at the start of the game, some of that offense the Raptors needed after he's been so, you know, stat um off ball and especially with Scotty out. But there does seem to be this thing that we're Fred dominates the game. OG does not find a way to get involved or like Gary, one of them is always frozen out. If Fred is on ball and in this game, OG had four shots and that's like, that is just not a sustainable way to go through this season with OG playing that little of a role in the offense. And like, he's been very disappointing to start the season. Don't get me wrong, but you have to, Again, like I want to talk about the minutes thing because like this is not a sustainable way to go through this season. Siakam cannot play the whole fourth quarters, and then I ex- and then we expect him in the conference finals to be good. You know what I mean? Like forty. Yeah, that minutes. is just that is just not a realistic pathway. Re- realistically, though, Oren, do you think he would have played that forty-two minutes if Chris Boucher wasn't in that type of kind of insane foul trouble? I was. We were all watching the game. There's I was confused at two or three of them. Because, like, Thad yeah. Young didn't play at all, which I didn't understand. There's always mm-hmm. going to be excuses. Like, Nick has to find ways to get more minutes for his bench. He yeah. just has it's, to. It's, and it's tough also in, in OG's case because the Heat run a lot more zone than most teams. And I think when you look at OG, he can't – it's it's tough for OG to be a ball handler um, in a zone that, that the Heat employ as well as probably any team in the league. It's just – it's tough. You have to – 
have him out there as a spacer, um, as a zone breaker in the corner, wherever you place him, at uh, the dunker spot. You can't it's, – it's really tough to have OG as a ball handler. So a lot of times he was stuck in a corner or stuck on the elbow – um, and he just wasn't receiving the ball. I think some of it, though, I was watching OG in a lot of possessions. Guys, you have to admit, like, there has to come a time where you demand the ball. I just felt like a lot of times OG just wasn't anywhere near the ball. He was kind of running almost away from it on most possessions. It would be on the strong side, OG's on the weak side. It was, I, I just didn't understand it from that perspective. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm getting a little bit exhausted of you know, when OG kind of just like shrugging off his 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 four-shot attempted games and six-shot attempted games because, you know, I feel like every single time we're making different excuses for him. At one point or another, I'm, I'm going to want to see something from OG in terms of him demanding the ball and saying, you know what, give me the ball. Let me figure this out. You know, give me an isolation. Um, it feels like OG, he, got, he gets those opportunities early and Nick Nurse always gets him involved in the first quarter. And then it just tails off. He, I don't know if he loses confidence or what it is. Um, but OG, I got to give him credit. I mean, whatever he gave away, I guess, offensively, he gave it back defensively for the Raptors. He was incredible defensively. There was one play that I um, highlighted that uh, Keon, I think, actually posted from the Raptors Republic account where OG had a very hard closeout and then relocated to the corner, tipped it, uh, grabbed that steal. I believe it was Pascal or him that grabbed that steal from Tyler Harrow. Yeah, um, corner. Absolutely fantastic play. Such a yeah, hard that, closeout that from OG. Perfect. Yeah, and then it, and then it results in a, in a in a bucket as well. So you get the, you know the the Raptors win twofold there. Um, just incredible. This is what all NBA kind of defensive talents do. And no. OG did that. It's it. I think it is a confidence issue. Like he's really struggled in the these games so far like he he still hasn't really figured out how to operate in the lane with any kind of control and i think he might have just been intimidated to be honest like i i don't think in any explicit way but i think he was happier like taking a little bit more of a passive role in this game he was elite 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 on the defensive end and i will love og forever for that but like if we are really going to make the next step he needs to start figuring out what works for him on the offense. And I do think you're right. It's on nurse to get him going. Like when he gets downhill, I, t- I talked about this in my five things last week and we did this with Scotty last year. When you, when you get these guys downhill through a play, instead of them having to create on their own, they're so precious too. They're so difficult to guard in traffic. And like, I think they need to design more for him when they're not putting uh, Pascal and ISO or Freddie and Pascal on pick and roll. Yeah, especially with everything I said, especially with the fact that Scotty Barnes isn't playing tonight. You know what I mean? So yeah. now you have a lot more opportunities to handle the ball. You have a lot more opportunities for plays to be ran for you. Um, and I think just four shots, no matter the consequences, uh, is great. I mean, someone did you know mention it that OG was a plus 16. He, he was great in this game overall. I think he did a good job. I just think if he could just mesh you know, a very good offensive game with the elite defensive capabilities that we know we can get from OG. I think that's when not just OG takes the next step, but the, the entire team can take the next step. Um, yeah, I thought Kyler, he lost guys... his confidence in this game when Kyle yeah. took a charge on him. Like, first oh. quarter, I think. <laughs> yeah. uh, he drove yeah. into the lane. Kyle got there first. And it really felt like from that point onward, he just did not see the ball. Was that the one uh, where Kyle like peekabooed? Uh, he literally, like, I don't know. Yeah, a little. 
Yeah, he just like he was yeah. hidden behind somebody. He's yeah. telling me, like, "There's Kyle." Comes out of like, nowhere. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. Like, such an asshole, that guy. Yeah, yeah. That was his you first know, charge felt... he took this season. Was it? It was. You know yeah. what's crazy? They said on the Heat broadcast that he led the league in charges last season, which is crazy because he played like fifty games, you, sixty games. Like, um, was it no? Was it Harrell? I'm pretty sure it's Blake Griffin. Oh, he's in last season. He's in yeah, a charge master. Man, you, you know who was the ultimate? The kind of a diversion. Ursan Ilyasova, for whatever reason, was like the charge master forever, and I never. Really There's a new it. one. I was I was watching the OKC game. Jalen Williams, he's like a new huge charge, charge taker, and he got a Which couple one? last night. And I was like, the tall, the center, Jalen Williams, the center. Well, Brendan's gonna love to hear that. Um, I, I was gonna say though, talking about Kyle Lowry, like on that last play of the game, he, okay, all all. I guess we can call it a series because, like, these two-game things are, like, mini-series. I really like them. But Siakam has had a lot of success in this season so far because guards, he's just posting up and driving them really low under the basket in isolations. And then bigs, he's taking off the dribble. He's too fast. But Kyle is uniquely suited to, like, he can't get shit against – oh, he can't get anything oh. against Kyle <laughs> because – um because Kyle's too strong, right? So when he tries to put Kyle in the basket, it's not working for him. But on that last play of the game, I'll pull it up again here. Um, I'm pretty sure Kyle. No, it was it was like a play before where Kyle like had Siakam, and he kept digging in and reaching, and and it felt like like in previous seasons, like Pascal just would have like not been able to do anything with it, and he kind of just he got his way out of it, and and I think somehow like either got a switch or, or found someone else, but it, it was a little like uh, the son is turning into the father moment. Those are charge leaders last year. Oh, so he Ooh. just didn't lead the league in charges. They lied to me. You lied. You lied. Maybe like per game, on a per game basis. Per Might game be, probably. Yeah. Oh, but only a couple, a couple behind. We should, we should, uh, I don't know if, how you guys feel about the series element of things. I think the league is going to this a lot, the sort of two games in a row. I couldn't be a bigger fan of it. I love watching. Uh, you can see real-time adjustments between games. It's better uh, for the players. You don't have to travel as much. I'm sure all these yeah. guys would appreciate not having to travel all around the country, seemingly mindlessly. It's better It's better for the environment. You don't have to totally like, take mindless. a plane all the way across uh, the country and then back again. It, it's... I don't know. It's, I think it's really good. I can't imagine anyone having an issue with it, other than if you're like a super I casual have, fan. Who's I, like, have a I saw this team last night. I'm bored. Well, I have a counterpoint, which I didn't think of, which is that it isn't great for ticket sales. Like, unless you have a high, um, <laughs> su- like, demand for both games, like, it, you know, you might not want to see Miami two times in a row, like, within three days, right? Whereas if they were separate six months apart, you might. Can so I just say that, It would be interesting to see the data on those games, like, at the end of the season. You make a good point in theory. I will say, if your if your city is having trouble selling tickets to an NBA game, just move the team. I don't. Yeah, care. you're just move They the already team. are, but they are exactly. good. Do it. The Raptors aren't though. Yeah, the Raptors. Then the Raptors. We don't deal with will these. Never, issues. We'll never let, have. A let, yeah, but that's just let that's, yeah. Charlotte. Fucking worry about that. Idiot. Whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa! Swear jar. <laughs> I already swore, so it's done. Once one person swears, <laughs> so we can really. The F bomb is like high grade swearing. It's a... 
Yeah. Okay, we have uh, to talk about this because I never agreed on not swearing. I don't know. I don't know when this came into effect. Daddy Zarar. Yeah. He said that uh, like the Raptor. The, <laughs> the Raptor. <laughs> That's so funny to say about your boss. Yeah, he was pretty casual about it. I didn't really. It <laughs> He's was a casual boss. It was pretty. It was like a direct order, but like he was. He said delivered it pretty fast. I don't think that Zarar is my boss. He's In a coworker. <laughs> Rewinding anyway. a bit, guys, um, to the beginning of this game. Um, I know we were talking about two game sets for a little bit. Just rewinding a little bit. Going into this game, the Raptors starting lineup changed a little bit with Scotty Barnes out. Uh, I'm just going to ask, I guess, each of you guys, were you guys shocked at the fact that Nick Nurse threw in the rookie Christian Coloco into the game? And by the way, um, there was a little cool stat. I believe Christian Coloco and Pascal Siakam playing beside or starting beside each other is the first time ever in NBA history. Two players uh, born in Cameroon started for the same team in the same game, which was pretty cool to see. Um, Any firsts in NBA history are pretty cool, but were you guys shocked at the Coloco starting? I know there was some obviously thought behind it with Nick Nurse where he wanted to keep the bench intact. Um, Were you guys okay with it? And were you guys, have you guys liked what you saw from Christian Coloco, I guess, so far this season in this game? Um, I can I can go ahead. Like I wasn't shocked with Coloco because I like the idea of Boucher and Precious coming in together. However, eighteen minutes is a little bit much for me considering he wasn't very good tonight. And no Thad Young minutes, like Coloco getting those minutes instead of a guy like Thad Young after the first stretch. I don't really understand it. Like. When we talk about these defensive breakdowns and stuff like that, I think a lot of that comes from the youth of guys like Coloco. And I would rather see, like tonight, obviously, Precious played his way into 34 minutes. But in the last few games, I'd rather see Precious eat the bulk of these minutes, Thad get some more minutes, than heavy Coloco minutes, personally. Yeah. They they seem to really go after. I mean, the first 10 possessions of the game for either team was like Raptors attacking hero. And then the the he put in Coloco in high pick and roll. And it was like back and forth and back and forth forever. Um, and they, they're really going to test. I think a lot of teams, this is kind of the blueprint against young bigs. Like just, hey, let's get him up uh, by the three-point arc. Let's see if you can switch. Let's see if you can hedge. Let's see what it like. Are they going to force him to drop? Uh, can he do anything? Can he read coverages at all at his age? So it, it's going to look really ugly, especially the beginning part of his career. And I, I kind of agree, like, this is maybe a situation where you mix them in against bench units and not against the Heat starters. Yeah, show of support for starting them, I think, at the very least. And then I agree balancing the bench. And then I also agree that against a team like Miami, whose starting five are savvy AF, um, a guy like Coloco is going to get exploited fairly quickly if if he doesn't like just have one of those games where everything conveniently clicks. And so, yes, they did overplay him. Yeah, I think it's tough, guys, because you're – I don't know. For Nick Nurse, you're in a situation where Thad Young hasn't looked good at all this year so far. I mean, yes, yeah. we're only a few games in, right? Now we're four, four games in, I believe. Um, and Thad Young hasn't looked good at all, but – the same time you look at the other side it's like who are you going to give the minutes to again normally i think chris boucher would eat up some of those minutes that dad um you know didn't have i guess and and you wouldn't expect christian coloco christian coloco the game before i think had 20 minutes so i mean i guess nick nurse is just at this point now where he's just 
okay with playing Christian Coloco 15 to 20 minutes a game. I didn't expect it at all. I didn't, to be honest, I didn't even expect him to get 10 minutes consistently during the season. I thought he was going to be in and out of the rotation. Um, but I think I'm with Oren. I think I'm with all of you guys. And I think it's just a little too much for Christian at this point in his career. And I think you give maybe Thad those minutes. We did see Malachi Flynn play a little bit in this game as well. Um, and speaking of more history that was made, uh, Fred Van Vliet with his first three of the game tied, or sorry, took over uh, Morris Peterson and the all-time three leaderboard for the Raptors. Um, I don't know if Fred's there already. I mean, it's it's quick. Fred hasn't been with Toronto for uh, he, a long time. He's going to have that. He's, he's coming for Kyle quickly. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, uh, that was some more history. Um, I, I want to go so, back, though, to like the Thaddeus Young point. And like, this yeah. is my biggest issue with Nick Nurse as a coach is like, is the chicken coming before the egg? Like Thad is an older guy. He needs some minutes to find a rhythm and he hasn't found it this season, but you can't give him two minutes here and three minutes there and expect yeah. him to find it. Like give Thad some minutes. The bench is already tanking minutes. Why aren't we giving a guy who we know has really good upside in Thad Young, like if we're gonna tank minutes, at least play him into rhythm while we're doing it. Um, I'd personally rather that than Coloco getting all these minutes. And like, same with Flynn. What is this first half Banton, second half Flynn bull? It's like, so bad. Pick like, a guy, pick a guy, need... give him a real chance, and move on. If he doesn't work, then choose the other guy. Like these guys yeah. need to play themselves into rhythms, and right now he's not giving them the ability to. I kind of thought that didn't play terribly last game. He, he is looking a step slow on defense, but, but I agree like this, the lack of rotation, rotational consistency on the bench is just, that's not good for anybody. Like mm-hmm. I, even if it was every other game, be like, okay, Flynn, you know, like stylistically we like Flynn against Miami because they're, they're smaller in the backcourt. We're doing Flynn tonight. And just give him those 10 minutes to see if he can get cooking. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I made a joke that I'm like every shot he takes is like worth like 10 minutes of playing time because he has such a limited amount of time to demonstrate his value to this team. Um, and yeah, it, it's been a bone to pick with nurse for two years now. Just, and, and it, when we come to the playoffs, when there's an injury or a foul out, which inevitably happens, no one's in like any sort of like rhythm as or insane to, to provide in an actual way because they've just been inconsistently playing all year. And, and more important than that, we saw what happened to Fred Van Vliet last season. Pascal cannot play 40 minutes a game and be expected to perform in the playoffs. Like if the goals this year are, are larger and to win a playoff round, then you have to buy the starters rest. The frustration, I think, maybe even more so is that, um, and this may may just be a bigger conversation, but they need to find at some point if Pascal is going to have to play this many minutes, they're going to have to find him rest days. And I'm really, really not confident with the prospect of like playing an entire game without Pascal as of right now. That look just looks like an immediate loss to me. So uh, it, they, they could probably get away with giving Pascal heavy minutes and keeping this bench thing going if they give him some days off. I just don't know what team the Raptors are good enough to beat. No Pascal uh, as of right now. Yeah, maybe like Charlotte, but you're right. No, there's not many. <laughs> Every, so he gets two games off a year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This isn't, this isn't Kawhi. I never play a back-to-back again in my life, Leonard. Is there anyone 
um, I guess, in the rotation that you guys would have liked to see in this game that didn't get an opportunity other than Thaddeus Young? I know some people have mentioned um, Hernan Gomez, who played in the first game, in the second game, I believe. Uh, Justin Champagny, I don't know if he's played a minute yet this season. Give me Champagny uh, minutes, baby. Especially against a team like Miami, where the scoring isn't really going to be an issue. It's just going to be about mucking it up. Like, throw him in there, give us some minutes. Get a couple offensive rebounds. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because... Rebounds just came so easy. I mean, at least the precious. Uh, every shot wasn't falling for the heat in this game. Um, I'm going through the rest I of the game, guys. I know we do have a Does anyone understand this comment? No. Like, he picked one with Ben and Flynn. No, he didn't. He picked Ben for the first half and Flynn for the second. Like, and I didn't understand. Ben had a really bad first stint. And then he got again out there in the second quarter. And I was like, okay, so you're clearly you're riding with Banton tonight, fine. And then Flynn comes in in the, in the third quarter. It's just like, did you premeditate this? Because if you didn't premeditate it, then why wouldn't Flynn just get those second quarter minutes after Banton coming out so flat? Uh, it just doesn't it doesn't make sense to me. Like to me, it's like pick nine guys tonight, stick with those nine guys, like give them some room to figure each other out and stuff. I kind of, I'm, I'm, re- I'm starting to feel a little bit warmer about Flynn too. I feel yep. like there's good things on his horizon. We, he just needs the volume and time to do it. I, I really think Flynn is like ahead of Banton right now. Just like he's mo- a more polished player. I like yeah. Banton's upside, but like Flynn right now, he just does more uh, successfully. Course, sure. They, they also yeah. need the spacing so badly. They need yeah. the spacing so yeah. badly. And Flynn's like one of the few guys who, in theory, can space the floor. Whereas Banton is just a, a non-floor spacer at the moment. Yeah, like Gary played 42 minutes tonight. Yeah. And I they guess the they corner. the spacing really badly. But whew, he did not play well enough to justify a 42-minute night for me. Um, but it is what it is. All right, he tweet of the night. Timely shots, yeah. I'll do the tweet of the night. In the meantime, if you guys want to do any of the other segments, uh, if we if anyone has a play of the game or something, just drop it in the chat. But tweet of the night goes to Liban Osman. Shout out to Liban at the star. I like this from the last dance doc. Uh, Rodman talking about his his rebounding. Yeah. <laughs> It's hard without the context of the video, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of people have seen the last dance, it's, though. It's true. So. And, and that is an epic segment. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's the best part of the dog, I swear. No, uh, that's up for debate, but I do love the sound effects where he, he's like, the ball makes coming off the roof. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That has sort of been so funny. Um, I think it, 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 was, it, was, it was especially good for, I think, Precious because he did it against the Miami Heat. And all those guys over there have a very good relationship with him. I know Bam is very, very close to Precious Atrua. Um, so it's cool for him to have, I guess, so far the best game uh, of the season for him. Uh, just absolutely dominating the boards. He himself having 22, almost had half of the total rebounds that Miami had today. They had 46, he had 22, so almost half. Um, insane. And like Kyle said, it's much easier when every shot misses defensively uh, or offensively for the Miami Heat, defensively for the Raptors. Um, was there anything else you guys want to add to this? I'll do this we... for best play of the game, even though it's not the best play of the game. It's a good play. Uh, look at this pass, though. Pascal had a few of these. 
What's up? Can you zoom in or what? Oh, yeah. Pascal had a few of these passes to Gary. He also had like a bounce pass that was like there was like three guys around him and he he, he had his back turned to Gary and he like bounced it. But this one was also really nice where like look at the Heat's defense. Five guys are yeah. like looking at him and he just right on the money to Gary. So this is a good play. Maybe I also, we'll give it the play of the game. I wrote, I wrote about this as well, but also nice. look at Precious cut. And he did that later in the game too. He cut baseline. And that is one way to alleviate all of that like that smushing in the middle is cutting. And I don't think the Raptors necessarily do enough of it. Uh, part of that is to create three-point spacing, but I like that precious moves there. Yeah. I don't want to do too much um, kind of film diagnosis to take away from, from the podcast listeners because they won't know what the hell's going on. But if we could go back to that clip really quickly. I was very close. I was <laughs> that very, very... I'm going to do exactly... I was, <laughs> I'm going to do exactly what I said I wouldn't do. I was very close to blaming Kyle Lowry on this play because he just seems like the guy that's closing out super hard. Maybe he came a little too deep, but I see what he was trying to do. He's trying to stop this. He's in that lane that Precious Achua is cutting in. And I think if he doesn't, you know, get into that lane, that's an easy kind of dump off pass to Precious Achua and Precious finishes at the rim because Bam just cannot, or sorry, Dwayne Dedman in that case, just cannot turn around fast enough. Duncan Robinson on the elbow, I think, just has to shade in between Gary and Precious um, a little more. He was just caught ball watching. I mean, the yeah, whole he heat... got stuck. Yeah, he just got stuck. Everybody was ball watching, but I think Lowry did the right thing in stepping up, kind of cutting off this little Precious cut, and then Duncan was just ball watching the entire time. It was just caught in no man's land. And yeah, yeah. this does remind me of the Kyrie play to end the Brooklyn game, where he was so hot, he just got all the defensive attention that. The Raptors were like, someone else has to beat us. Like, that's what the Heat kind of said here. Kyle Kyle did do, like, double him when it might not have been scripted here. And I get that, like, like I think Robinson kind of has this cut. Uh, maybe not. You know what I mean, though? Like, Kyle that- did say, I'm not letting Pascal beat me right now. And, and Gary, credit to Gary because he knocked it down. But it's not like Gary was really hot this game. So it was a similar thing to me. He probably saw Deadman move over too, which means Coloco's behind him now. So I think Kyle literally saw all five Raptors on the floor and was in the optimal position to stop all five at one time. Nice. Yeah, typical Kyle. That's typical. Kyle's a Kyle, man. Hey, yeah. it's Kyle's a Kyle. Yeah. Uh, Let's do so Taxman go- and get yeah. out of here. Yeah. Well, no cues? Yeah, no cues tonight. Cues? Uh, cues? Can I? Tax.com 416-243-2912. Visit canamtax.com for all your tax needs. Um, guys, who's your player? Because I'm gonna be quite honest with you guys because we're almost we're 50 minutes in now. Um, my guy for this one, and you guys may disagree. I know a lot of you guys are might say precious, but I think for me it's OG defensively. Um no. Get out of here. That's 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 for me. That's my tax man. That's the guy that he was good defensively, but at what point are we gonna stop talking about OG's defense? Like the team just needs more for him offensively. So if this is about expectations relative to expectations, like we know he's a great defender, right? That's fair. That's fair. So that's why I can't give it to OG. It's against my my laurels. I appreciate the uh, the attempt. (laughs) I appreciate the attempt to even starting a, a non-precious conversation, but like it kind of has to be precious, right? Yeah. He's like twenty-two. <laughs> he, he, he had twenty-two rebounds. He had a, like the best game of his young career. 
Yeah. Maybe not the best, but he had a terrific game. And uh, and I, don't, I also think that the rest of the Raptors basically stunk. <laughs> so, okay, like, it's a pretty easy sure, one. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it to Scotty Barnes for having the Playboy jean jacket. <laughs> and the dance at the end of the game. Yeah. I was watching the other broadcast because my stream was bad and it was a heat broadcast. So I missed all the fun dance. stuff tonight. No. He had a real, he he was kind of putting the moves on at the end of the game. I think him it was him like Jeff Downton, maybe. Who was the who was the other person dancing with them? I can't remember. One of the new guys. Congratulations, Precious Chua. <laughs> Has he won it this yeah. year? This year? No, he hasn't, obviously. Don't think so. No, last Precious night. Precious Chua is your Can Am Tax oh, Tax I did Man player of the game. Yeah, I did it alone last night, guys. Thanks for that. <laughs> no, oh. no one got no one got the tax man. It was just me trying to get out of here. <laughs> oh, okay. That's great. I mean, on that note, before you guys leave us tonight, we need you to subscribe to the Raptors Republic YouTube as well as our podcast channel. This was the wrap-up where you found all four of us together on the same night. This, you know, hopefully this happens often. It's good season. to be back. We'll see uh, where we get all four of our hosts on. Um, but again, this was the wrap-up. Your Raptors defeated the Miami Heat 98-90, bringing the Raptors record to 2-2 two two on the season. The live show was produced by Keon Haddad, and that was it for myself, Orrin Weisfeld, Aiden Moss, Kyle Brickman, and Can-Am Tax. Um, unfortunately, OG, I tried. I tried my best. <laughs> I tried to put my neck out on the line for you, but, you know, Orrin and Kyle shut it down. Oh, so. It is what it is. We'll see you guys all soon. I believe Wednesday night is the, is the next Billy. game. Um, and we, yeah, Philly's the one and three. Philadelphia. Philly. We got Philly. They stink. I will see. Yeah. <laughs> they They're going to beat us on Wednesday. <laughs> You're going to eat your words. No, they'll beat us, but they stink. No. <laughs> we'll see you guys next time.